What do you do when you're feeling stuck? What do you do when you're feeling stuck? I know sometimes for me, I might be working on a project and there's like one piece me, ne- missing that I need to move it forward or bring it to completion. And without that one thing, I'm stuck. Or other times, I've got a pile of work in front of me and I just don't know how or where to begin. And so I'm stuck. There are always gonna be times in our lives when we feel stuck, but things get more challenging when we go through entire seasons of feeling stuck. You know, maybe you've had the experience of growing tired of the way things are in your life and you wanna change. Maybe you've suffered a misfortune, like a job loss, a ruptured relationship, or an unexpected health challenge. Or maybe you've seen this in your children who struggle to fit in or find their way. So many things, including the ordinary monotony of life, can lead us to feeling stuck. In a ship, there's something called the ballast. And the ballast is a weight that's added so that the entire ship can have more stability and it can be, you know, basically stay afloat and upright when it's in rough seas. But you know, when rough seas arise in our lives, we too need a ballast, something that can keep us steady. Ballasts are the things that give us meaning and purpose And these are the things that keep us on our path, especially when we feel stuck. The best ballasts are things like faith or family, but the worst ballasts are the fickle things like pride or our selfish ambition. In any case, it's really helpful for us to understand what our why is so that no matter what comes our way, we can stay on our path. For each of us though, finding our why sort of requires a spiritual awakening or coming face to face with a universal truth. A universal truth that isn't true, something like two plus two equals four, something that's outside of us, but rather a universal truth that comes to possess us and a universal truth that we carry within us. One person who found her why in this way was a Jewish woman named Edith Stein. Edith was going through a period of spiritual questioning and awakening, and one evening while she was staying with some friends, she picked up an autobiography of Saint Teresa of Avila, and she read it all night. When morning came, she had finished the book, she closed it, and she said to herself, this is the truth. This is the truth. And for her, that was a truth that possessed her as well as impelled her to become Catholic and to give her entire life to God in a Carmelite monastery. Her faith would be an important ballast for her, especially as at this period, Nazism was on the rise. And in time, the Gestapo would come to her convent and arrest her while she was praying with the other sisters in the chapel. While en route to Auschwitz, an eyewitness said that Edith Stein, at that point Sister Teresa Benedict of the Cross, went among the women like an angel, comforting and helping and consoling them. 
She washed them, combed their hair, and tried to make sure they were fed and cared for. Ultimately, she would offer her life to God in martyrdom in a gas chamber. But since she had faith as a ballast, Saint Edith Stein was described as a friend as being a witness to God's presence in a world where God is absent. A witness to God's presence in a world where God is absent. Even though at times it might feel like God is absent, we know that God is present. And it's his presence that changes everything. In our gospel today, we heard Jesus ask his disciples two questions. The first question sets the stage, but it's the second question that's the important one. And the first question, Jesus asks, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the disciples respond, John the Baptist or another prophet? But to Jesus, it isn't important what others think. What's important to Jesus is what you think. And so this brings us to the second question. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Friends, when you and I stand before God at the end of our life, he's not gonna ask us about anyone's faith but our own. Who do you say that I am? Similarly, when tempests arise in our lives and we become face to face with a myriad of problems, when we're feeling stuck and lost, we need our own ballast to keep us steady. And in answering this question, we see Peter really shine. He answers with faith. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, even though Peter's gonna put his mouth, his foot in his mouth many times after this, even though the Peter is going to go on to have many serious sins, it is his faith that's going to enable him to rise again. But faith isn't something that Peter just came up with on his own. It wasn't Peter who found Jesus, but rather it was Jesus who found Peter. Faith is both a gift that we receive as well as a choice that we make. We give our assent to believe. We choose to believe. You see, Jesus didn't force Peter to believe. Peter chose to receive the gift that Jesus offered him. And so it is for each one of us. When Jesus extends his hand to us, when God offers us his grace, we can either accept it or we can reject it. To accept it, it's true, we might need to make some changes in our life, but this is only so that we can have more room for everything that the Father wants to give us. And if we reject it, which we are free to do, we are going to miss out on everything that the Father wants to do in our life, everything that he wants to give us. And a big part of this is the meaning, the purpose, and the direction that we need to overcome life's challenges, especially when we feel lost 
or stuck. How is faith a ballast in your life? I believe in one God. 